Hey, Zoe. Hey, Lo. How's it going today? So good. I'm really psyched for this episode. Um, Zoe and I, for those that don't know, we have a, a mastermind that is I don't know, a little over two months into six months. Um, and we just finished planning out our fifth module. And so I feel just so, I don't know, I feel really like what we're teaching in this, in this mastermind is just so, uh, such truth to me. And really this mastermind came out of a time and so much of just our, our belief and our content these days came out of a time for both of us of like immense I, I I want there to be a different word than healing, but immense like growth and awareness and integration of just a whole nother level of like being able to access our power. And that's kind of what we want to talk about today. So for me right now, I'm just feeling really like just presence to our work and the channel that is low and zo and just feeling very blessed to get to share this with share what we're about with as many people as possible in different capacities. What about you? <laughs> yeah, no, I'm so, so excited about this as well, because this is, again, it's, we always share what's on our heart to share. We're coming out of this module. We, we started riffing on this subject matter in the middle of the module. Cause we were, we're so excited about it. And we know the incredible value that it is when we when we alchemize our past and we can vocalize that when, when things are integrated and they're embodied and you, you all can probably relate to this of when you integrate a lesson, then the wisdom comes right. When the past is integrated, then the wisdom comes. And so just us riffing inside the module today and how we're going to share with you, it just feels so good to be presence to what has been integrated based on what we've been through, because the last couple of years were quite challenging in a multitude of ways. And we're on the other side of that now, and we're turning that all into gold. So excited to share some gold with you guys today. Yeah. So today um, we were sort of speaking to, we were having a conversation before this and, and speaking to what we wanted this episode to be about. And a, a term came to me that I heard recently from another coach. Her name is Anna Kinkella, and she is a a nervous system. She's all about the nervous system, nervous system, business coach. And I really love her content. We're mentioning her, her here, because we're going <laughs> to kind of use her, one of her terms as like the name for this episode, just because I think it's a really powerful way of putting into context something that we've spoke to before. But, um, that term is soft power, like accessing this space of what Zoe and I have termed before relaxed receptivity, which is really about finding this space of just total acceptance and groundedness in your true authentic self. So a lot of the time when we're speaking to power, just as a society, especially in the manifestation world, it's, and I mean, I think we have spoken to it from this place before when we had less of an awareness and less of our own journey to speak to uh, or reflect on. It's often from this place of kind of like egoic power. Like I'm going to, I'm going to, build wealth and I'm going to build confidence and I'm going to build this capacity to feel really powerful, to feel really big, to call in what I want. And that's valid. It's not that there's anything necessarily or inherently wrong with that, but there's this another, another level to it, this power that we can access that is not about building a single thing. Um, it is about taking away everything that inhibits us from being able to just really stand in our authentic truth. And we'll, we'll give examples of what this looks like for the both of us. Um, but 
it's, yeah, this soft power, it's this relaxed receptivity. It's really what we refer to in our mastermind, which is called divinity, this state of openness of like outrageous openness, which is a book, um, called, sorry, it's called outrageous openness. It's by Tasha silver. And it's really just this grounded way of being that is so connected to source, so vulnerable, but in the most powerful of way, you're not putting anything on, there's no walls up. You're not trying to be someone you think you need to be, or identifying with labels that, you know, you've inherited over your life or trying to become anything other than just really sharing your essence with the world and allowing yourself to be divinely compensated as a result. And for both Zoe and I, the journey to that place has been one of a lot of you know, anguish, really a lot of being stripped of the labels and identities that we built for ourselves and fighting. I I know for me, I really fought like that process of being stripped from who I thought I was because I, I viewed it at the time as like, my whole life is crumbling down around me. But now on the other side, I'm seeing like you were just, I was always just meant to live a life that was not at all about labels where I could just truly be myself, be in this space of just such soft power, which is a lot more powerful than like hard power <laughs> or like masculine. I mean, I think it's the, it's the masculine versus the feminine. So anyways, and I'm, I'm getting off uh, course here a little bit, but what does soft power mean to you though? Or is there a way, a term that you would refer to over that term that I've kind of borrowed from Anna? Yeah, no, soft power is great because it's like in the undoing of everything that you thought you were, everything that your ego was attached to. And a lot of the egoic desires come from this sort of prove it energy. So Mm -hmm. for those of you listening, think about any area of your life, like where are you still trying to prove yourself? And I mean, I'll be vulnerable and open right now. I realized a layer of this for myself today because, um, I was feeling some kind of way and I was doing some like inwards journeying work around it. And I realized that there's a part of me that wants a relationship just so I can prove to like my family or to, you know, who's ever um, perception, mostly just family. I think for a lot of us, it kind of comes back to family. So I can prove to my family that I'm okay, that Mm -hmm. I'm safe, that I figured it out, that I'm not, um, broken for lack of a better term or something like that. I'm basically okay. And I realized like, Oh, there's just a layer of prove it energy here still. Like I've got to let that go because any time that we're trying to create from prove it energy, we're trying to force, we're trying to manipulate, we're trying to control reality in a way to try to validate something, validate how we feel on the inside or just in my scenario. And I'm, I'm vocalizing this for the first time right here, right now. So just bear with me for a moment, but it's almost like if I was able to bring, let's say that relationship into my reality right now, I could be like, okay, I can let myself off the hook for all of these perceptions that I keep feeding myself that my parents are, or my family is, um, pressuring me. And I'm not receiving a lot of that vocal pressure. I mean, when I go home, there's certain comments that are made and things like that, that come from my family. Um, but I more so feel it energetically. Like there's an expectation on me to, um, have 
a relationship by this time in my life to perhaps be starting to think about having a family or having a home. I'm personally not there yet. I personally am feeling more abundant and more free than ever before. But if I could manifest that relationship into my life, I could just use it as almost like a placeholder, prove to my family, I'm okay. And just let me off the hook to do my own thing. Like let me off the hook energetically. But really that's also letting myself off the hook because it's all an inwards journey. Um, but if we continue to seek externally from like the ego's desires and use that as our drive, as our motivation, we're missing out on the magic of life. We're missing out on being able to receive just as we are. And there's such a beautiful gift that comes from this relaxed receptivity or this divine feminine power, this soft power. And that is that you start to witness that you don't have to do anything in order to receive, to receive the, the clients, the money, the support, however that might come for you. When you actually witness the fact that I really didn't even lift a finger and the universe conspired to deliver this to me in my reality. That's a very special thing that starts to happen. That's a next level integrated trust in reality, trust in the journey, trust in God source universe, like your relationship with the divine strengthens. And then you're able to just be open more than you are closed because there's no longer this forceful, I need to prove, I need to control I need to manipulate reality into get, getting what I want. Once you've undone all of that and you're willing to undo all of that, you're just left more connected to the divine than ever before. Yeah. And I think that there's a distinction to be made around doership because when Zoe says, you know, you don't have to lift a finger, often that is completely true. And what you desire really does just come to you without you literally taking any action. However, in other desires and manifestations, there's action taken, but it's not doership. There's action taken from pure beingness. And so, uh, cause I really look at my, you know, shift to back towards like creating art and speaking to people as an artist and as a creative and that there's a lot of doership. It's, it's not doership though. There's a lot of action that's being taken, but I wouldn't even call it that because it's so, it's not me being like, gotta finish this painting today. It's me flowing with the, the, just the ease of who I naturally am. And that takes me into spaces that I desire to be in that I didn't have to motivate myself around because it was coming from such like pure authenticity, not there's no, there's nothing for me to prove. Right. And so there is a level of creation that I am taking, uh, taking action towards, but that action is from a very different place of my, my business as a coach, which actually I'll speak to a little bit. Cause though you talked about that sort of proving energy around relationships and how there's all this, like, you know, got to make this happen so that I can. And like, the thing is it's so well disguised in our society. It's like, we don't even ask, why do I really want this relationship? Or why do I really want this house or this job or whatever? If we actually look at why, and we really dive into ourselves a lot of the time and almost all the time when there's a really strong desire, like an intense, almost like attachment to something, it's because there's something to prove or an area where you don't feel safe or something that needs to be controlled on the external world so that you feel like you will be okay, or you'll be accepted or people won't judge you or like whatever. Um, and so for me, where that 
that area was for a long time was my business. And there was ways of being that really served me. And there was things like I loved the creative part of it. I love working with my clients. It's not like I was forcing myself into action taking every single day, but there was underneath this, the success or the desire for the success, or even the achieved success. There was a lot of like, I am okay because I have this, I am perceived in a certain light because I took a risk and it panned out for me. And that's the reason why it's safe for me to keep taking risks. That's the reason why I believe people look at me and they think, you know, she is where she's needs to be or like, whatever. It was essentially like in my, you know, early to mid thirties, my business was the thing that I had that in my mind made it okay for me to be where I was at, at that point in my life, being single and like not owning a home and all of these things. Um, and so there was a lot of identity. There was a lot of proving something about myself through the success of my business. So then when it started to struggle, because ultimately it wasn't in its form that it was in, it was not sustainable. It was not authentic to me. Um, and it was just not something that's like what I'm going to want to do long-term. It started to shift and fall apart a little bit or a lot. And I, I clung to it with my, you know, dear life because, I didn't, I couldn't risk losing that. It was like, if I don't have this business or the, this success or these things that it's allowed for me to have, who am I? And I really didn't know. And so I was really in this space of like forceful power in a sense. Um, and it's funny because like through that period of time of about two years of just really feeling displaced, not knowing what the future looked like, crying all the time, dealing with all kinds of anxiety and fears and struggles on the other side of it now, I'm in this space where I'm moving forward with my business in a way that is like, it's interesting to me because I started this whole journey as an art teacher and now I'm <laughs> teaching art to people and I'm, I'm bringing like the business side of it as well into things. But essentially it's like, I'm approaching things now from this space of soft power where I'm like, I don't, there isn't anything for me to prove here because this is just who I am. Like I just am the artist. This just is my essence. It always was. It's always what people have been drawn to me for. And I actually have been very inactive on my aligned entrepreneur Instagram page. And that's, it is temporary, but I don't know how temporary, like I'm really just allowing it space to breathe because essentially that whole Instagram for me represents an inauthentic self in a sense, or like, it's not like I was knowingly being inauthentic. It, it represents for me a forcefulness that now I cannot bring myself to push for. And so when I come back to it, it's going to be from a very different energy. And in the meantime, I'm focusing on my, the art side of things and I have a different Instagram account. And, um, but it's like, this is the chapter of, for me, creativity, softness, flow, ease, and true relaxed receptivity. But it took the crumbling of the old paradigm for me to access this. And it would have been a lot easier had I not gone kicking and screaming because I didn't know what was happening. <laughs> but I just, I really feel into this place. Like my boyfriend was saying to me the other day, he's like, with what you're building, even if you had like a blip, like you did, you know, I know that you, you would handle it very differently. And I said to him, like, there just wouldn't be a blip because the blip was the crumbling of what I thought I had built. Whereas this is not something I'm, it's not, I'm not building it. I'm just being it. There isn't anything to lose 
it's like me being really embodied in this just truth about myself as a creative, as an artist, as a visionary, if you will. Um, and then the world reflecting that back to me, but it's, there isn't, there's no trying involved. So there isn't anything that I won't be able to sustain. I don't know if that's making sense. It was like, there just wouldn't be a blip. There won't be a time when I'm like, oh, I just like, I can't show up on Instagram with my art today. That's just not a thing that I would even think about because that comes, it's like breathing to me, no matter how I feel, no matter what stage of my life I'm going through. Right. And I think that's the difference. And I'd love to hear what this looked like for you, Zoe, in finding your own authentic space to operate from that gives you access to that soft power. Yeah. I feel like what comes to mind also from what you just shared about there not being any doership, it's like you become in these areas where you start to embody the relaxed receptivity, where you do the work to gut yourself essentially or dismantle. And like the universe will make it so if you haven't done this work yet. I mean, it's, we, we could deem it as a dark night of the soul and however that wants to show up for you. But if you haven't d- done the undoing, it will be made manifest or things will manifest in your reality to show you. So just saying that I encourage you to do the work to start to undo the things that you feel like you have to become or be because when you rid yourself of all these ideas or this prove it energy, these masks, even if they are a bit more on the subconscious level is you become this conduit of source where it's like, it's kind of like what Lowe said. Um, and I'll just use you Lowe as like an example, cause this is how I'm just like visualizing or, or imagining it. It's like, you just know what to do and you have the energy to do it. There's no, I need to drink a Red Bull to like get this painting done or like whatever, (laughs) let's say it just flows through you. Like every brushstroke, the next dot, the next thing, like you just know, and you have the energy for that. It's like this state of flow. And I've had this come through, whether it's with courses or programs or like something that I get really lit up by is that it just comes through you like a a lightning bolt, but you have to be in that place where there's space for that type of energy to come through. You have to create space for source to be a conduit for you in that way, whether Mm -hmm. it's the next business idea, the next project, the, the piece of art, or, um, you know, even an intuitive hit that you're going to offer a client, let's say you have to actually create the space for source to be able to do work through you. And I feel like that's why the, it's really an art of being, but when you access that in different areas of your life, it's very effortless. It's all very easy. It all just feels very much in flow because there's no trying to construct a mask or an identity and that no longer exists there. And if I kind of go swing back to my example before around relationship, because this is an area of, of my life where I've really been doing the work, I would say in the last like eight months or so, Um, This is an area that I avoided looking at for a very long time. Um, And now I just realized like a lot of the, like I've been holding onto a lot of pressure or a lot of perceived um, judgments by like family or things like that. And it all comes back to like the only, one of the only reasons why I felt like I needed this thing that I didn't have yet was so that other people could feel okay about me. I was very concerned or have been very concerned about like their worries. And that a lot of that was on a subconscious level. Cause really I'm doing great. 
Um, there are things that I desire, like one day I do desire a relationship, but I fully want that to be a clean space, right? I fully want that to be um, an unconditionally loving sanctuary. And so just for example, the awareness that came up today, if there's still a bit of me that just wants this so that my family can stop asking me about it or, yeah. you know, my, my grandma can like put it to rest that it's okay that I'm traveling because I'm with someone else. Right. So there's like a few different layers to that where I'm like, I just need to be with the discomfort of when other people say things or question me about my lifestyle and be okay with my life choices because ultimately I'm happy. And that's all that matters. I don't need to be out there trying to, or trying to make other people happy and needing to prove something. And that's where the work that we speak to, and we, we did a whole episode on it last week about the nervous system comes in where it's like, when those things come up rather than running from them or trying to find a solution for like, my family's worried about me or there's judgment or there's things being said behind my back. So I just need a relationship. And that's for most people happening on a very subconscious level. We don't know that those are our key drivers a lot of the time. I mean, we can, of course, desire money for the sake of freedom and we can desire a relationship for the sake of love. Um, and, and that's authentic and we don't have to make those desires wrong, but those desires feel patient. They feel easeful. They feel expansive, not, they don't, if there's impatience, there is proving or a lack of safety um, there's nervous system work to be done where it's like, when those things come up and you're like, I'm feeling uncomfortable about the fact that my, this part of my life looks like this, or that these people are saying this about me, or that this thing that I really desire isn't here yet. That is an opportunity to be with that. And that is our ultimate access point to soft power, which is way more powerful. Like when we say soft power, soft power is a million times more powerful than forceful power. Like soft power is the most powerful that we can be because it's just, it's just grounded. It's just completely magnetic. The way that we get there is we be with the parts of ourselves that we've otherwise been made to reject or been so uncomfortable with that we didn't want to sit with, right? Like we're, we're searching for acceptance or we're searching for love, but we're in the process rejecting these pieces of ourselves. And so if you can just be in a, a space of just it's when I say safety, I mean, like you're showing your body physical safety in the presence of that perceived um, emotional or physical threat. So if the threat is, or the discomfort is my family thinks this about me, because how many of us have something like all of us have some version of that going on about different areas of our lives. If that's the threat and you can say, and that's okay, it's okay to be rejected. It's okay to be judged. It's okay to have people that don't understand where I'm at or how I view things or the decisions that I'm making. I'm okay with that. And I don't even need to fight them on it. It's okay that they feel that way. If they want to keep feeling that way, that's cool too. Like that is freedom. We're trying to create freedom by controlling circumstances. It'll never work. True freedom is the ability to have things like that happen. And instead of reacting or trying to fix or trying to manically manifest something so that we don't have to look at it, if we can say, there's a possibility of rejection here and I'm going to be safe in rejection. Like, oh my gosh, talk about power. <laughs> yeah. And it's so beautiful, right? Because just as you said, we all have something perhaps going on around that when it comes to our family. If we can do this work within our families, like within those units, 
it just reaches out everywhere else. Like if you were, I can think about a time in which I, um, I was quite concerned about what other people thought, let's say in high school or like, let's say university. Um, when really like, I recognize that anytime when I've ever healed something within the relations of my own family dynamic, let's say of a fear of what their perception is, let's say when I, when I moved to Italy, because I faced a lot of resistance with that. When I found okayness with that, I didn't care what anyone thought about my choice to just leap across the, the sea <laughs> and live in a different yeah. place. And it was like, so the family, even though that might be the place where it's like, Ooh, they can trigger us or be our greatest teachers the most. If we can actually really identify what's there for you. And I'm speaking to myself and self-coaching myself a little bit right now, but it's like in this space where it's like, okay, that part of me wants to have a relationship to quiet their judgments. If I can be okay with their judgments, right? If I can actually like bring myself through a meditation where I'm just like thinking about the words that they've said that really stuck to me, that didn't quite like fling off of me. They, they stuck to me somehow a little bit. If I can sit with those, right? And regulate my nervous system around that, find safety around that. I'm most likely not going to hear those judgments from them again, right? And I'm going to give- yes zero bleeps about those judgments coming from anyone else, right? Because it's from the family unit, which is the most tender, right? They know how to like get into our heart space, right? So take a look at like, what is it that I fear that mom or dad or grandma is judging me on and perhaps go find some safety in that. And you'll liberate yourself from the, um, the people in your community, your workspace or your audience online automatically by doing that work right in the family unit. Well, and that's what I was going to speak to next is that like what we're speaking to here goes against, you know, the narrative right now, especially online, which is like, I need everyone to agree with what I say. And if they say something that makes me feel uncomfortable, that's a them problem. (laughs) And like, I, I don't, I don't want to make this like too political or anything like that because I really believe everybody gets to live the life that lights them up. But I don't believe that everyone has to agree with that. Like we don't all need to have the same feelings about every topic. It's ridiculous that we would have, you know, based on our own experience, we have beliefs about how we get to live life and the way that we desire the world to be. But that's my experience. That's why do I insist then that someone else needs to see it the way that I do? Of course they can't. They haven't lived exactly the way that I, they don't have the insight that I do. And in requiring that of other people to an extent where it's acceptable to cancel others because they've got differing opinions and all this stuff, we are doing ourselves a major disservice because we are cutting ourselves off from our biggest source of freedom and power by saying, I'm going to try and solve this upset within myself by having every other person in the world, hopefully, ideally, see it the way that I can see it instead of ever addressing what's within me that needs other people to understand who I am and where I'm. What if you're, what if you're free? What if in nobody agreeing with you, you become free of ever needing someone to agree with you? Oh my God, talk about freedom. Freedom is not in controlling other people or how they see the world. It never will be. That is such a losing battle. People spend their whole lives fighting against other people. And I just look at it online. It's interesting. <laughs> like, well, I'm always in the comment section stuff because I just find human psychology so interesting. Um, and yeah, I mean, instead, if we can flip that conversation and say, and a prompt I often give myself is, 
what part of me thinks this should be different? Because that's a part of me that I'm not adequately seeing. If, if I feel like people aren't seeing me, I'm not seeing me. And that's where I need to go and do that. And then what happens is, as Zoe said, you start to get a reflection back of that. So people start to actually see you. Like we're, it's, everyone's just a reflection of us. So yeah, we have attachment to these things because we're not creating that environment within ourselves and we're giving all of our power away to other people. And like, I, I long to see a world where everybody is celebrated for who they want to be, but I will never be on board with a world that insists that everybody sees things the same way as if that's even an available paradigm. Like, like that would be so boring. Everyone just agrees all the time. There would be no expansion. Like this life and this world are about expansion. And that happens with different people with different ideas and experiences coming together. Doing that in a productive way would be ideal. <laughs> That's maybe where we need to, to work on. Yeah, no, exactly. And I think like just thinking about that, if there was a world where we all agreed on the same things, we we're all moving in the same direction, where would the growth be? Because we all came down here to be each other's teachers and be taught. And that comes through triggering and then healing, triggering and healing. It's a part of life. And I think if I think back to more of the beginning of this journey, I really had to find acceptance with the fact that I'm always going to, I'm always going to get triggered. I'm always going to get triggered. And I started to view it as triggers are a blessing because they show me where I'm not free. Freedom is one of my number one values. So now I'm on board with getting triggered, right? There was a part of me that used to just resist and suppress and do everything that I could do not to feel my triggers or not to feel which emotions wanted to arise. But now, I mean, sometimes it's, sometimes it's very uncomfortable, but just being with it, right? Just like Lo said, being with it and find safety in it, you free yourself. And then it's no longer a thing that comes back like a boomerang in the future and triggers you again. History doesn't repeat itself in the same way. You don't hear the same reflections from the external reality, like the same comment coming from your aunt or your uncle about whatever, right? It just stops happening because it stops with you. It stops with you going inside and doing that work to liberate yourself. Mm -hmm. So again, we all, we, we all have an opportunity every single day. I mean, I can say for myself, like I, um, I, I love this work and I'll continue to do this work. And I think you can relate to this too, Lo, is like the more and more that you do it, you get more comfortable so that when a trigger comes up or discomfort comes up, you don't like pause, you don't turn around. In fact, you actually start to, to live a life where you move towards it because you know what's available to you on the other side. Yeah. Um, there was something you said to me, like probably a couple of years ago that was really transformative in my coaching practice specifically, because I had had a lot of attachment to clients feeling happy, <laughs> um, clients seeing progress in their businesses with what I was helping them with. And there was a level of like, it was hard for me. It still sometimes is like, I still catch this coming up. It was hard for me to sit with or to be just okay with the fact that a client might be really in their own trigger about something. And so I wanted, and this is like, this was like a, a survival mechanism for me for years where, and it's still, it still comes up and I catch it where I want people to be comfortable around me. If someone's uncomfortable, I feel like I need to fix it. Like, I feel like I need to like go in there and like try and smooth everything out for everyone. And so when it came to my client work, I didn't want my clients to have to like go through hard times, but I especially didn't want to risk them feeling like, oh, I shouldn't have hired this coach. Right. And sometimes like, cause what would happen? I'm, I help people with business. So they'd make the investment and then all of their stuff would come up to the surface, which was actually perfect. And 
they would start to question whether or not they'd made a mistake. And because I didn't have the awareness, I would want to like reassure them and I'd hold their hand and all this stuff. And it was something you said, Zoe, that was like, if I trigger a client or our work together triggers them, that's perfect. Like that's what she needs. Like that is part of my job as her mirror. That's what she's paying me for. And so in our work together, we actually want these people to like have this stuff come up for them anyway. So it just changed for me how I held space for my clients. And it's been really transformative to watch how much that has shifted my clients results because I hold a space where if they're in a trigger, even if they're projecting it onto me, that's totally okay. Like, I know that that's perfect. And I know that on the other side of it is everything that they're looking for. And in the last two years, I've like, I can name off, you know, 10, 20 clients potentially who have full-time businesses now who started at, at a place where they were really disempowered or they're in their trigger and they were questioning things and they were wondering if their investment was worth it and whatever. And I can just hold space for that and be totally okay with it and be like, even that is perfect. And it doesn't mean anything about me. It means that we're right on track and being that space for my clients means they step into that, but I can't judge their journey to that place. Like I have a client right now who is like, she's, she's like thanking me every day, like crazy things happening for her. But a month ago, she wanted to end our time together. And I was okay with that. Like I was just okay. We're on a month by month. I was just okay. If that was part of her journey, like I just really accepted it. The next day she comes around and she's like, never mind. I I regret it. It's like being able to hold a space for people because you're so regulated and you're not making anything personal means you're not only powerful in your own life and in your own emotions, but you get to be powerful for other people as well. And the influence, the energetic influence and the space that you hold for them as a result. Yeah. And, um, also I think a a next like topic or level based on what you're, you're sharing here is, um, a concept that comes from IPEC coaching and it's, it's energy entrainment. So like as the coach, you hold your client in their highest potential and you also hold yourself there in their energy. Whereas I've seen other coaches operate, or I've like heard of systems where the coach, like, let's say a client is feeling a lot of like victim energy the coach almost brings himself down to that level to like relate to them. Uh, when in fact, like being the higher coach and holding the client in their potential, you empower them, you empower them as their mirror and bring them back up to their natural resonant energy, which is their highest potential. And it didn't require you to like dip your energy or anything like that. You just held space. You held space and you held potential. There was no, there's, of course, people need to be acknowledged and validated, but in acknowledging and validating, you don't go down to that level with them. You hold them at their highest level. So they start to entrain back to their true nature. And at that resonant level that you are as their coach, as their mirror. So again, it's like, we, we believe in, um, we believe in it. It's all perfect, right? I know sometimes like that concept, but it is all perfect no matter where they're coming in at. And if you hold space of potential and divine perfection for all energy and the universe takes care of all of that for you. And this isn't just true about the coach coachy relationship. This is like, I do this with my friendships. I do this with my partnership. I do this with the, with family members, like people in my life where I'm choosing not to see them in their own trigger or whatever it is. 
uh, or I'm choosing not to meet them there. And in certain areas, like my relationship, this was harder to do because there was more personal stuff at stake, right? Like there was more for me to regulate around and to sit with and to find safety in, in order to be able. So if like, he's in, you know, a stressed out place with work or whatever, there was a time when I would be like, Oh, I'm not hearing from him as much. And like starting to be, have my own stuff triggered. And it really took, you know, me being able to just be with, okay, well, right now you're feeling less seen. And this has nothing to do with my boyfriend because he like sees me like crazy, but this is just my own patterns. You're feeling less seen. Is it safe to be less seen? Can you be okay with that? And in continuously finding that wholeness within myself, I can hold him in a state of uh, everything that you're talking about potential. And he always rises up to meet me there always. And other people as well. I do this all of this is like, oh my gosh, again, talk about power. This is actually my number one, like coaching philosophy. I don't get on like quote unquote sales calls with people or inquiry calls. I call them with potential clients and try to say the right things. I hold them in their potential and I let whatever wants to come through, come through. And 95% of the time they step up in to meeting me there and saying, yes, not because I had the right tactic, but because I saw them in the thing that they're wanting. So of course they're going to want to step into that space. And that's it. Yeah. yeah, exactly. And just like, imagine that. Imagine if like you were able to do that for every single person in your life and who you cross paths with, and they were able to mirror that back to you. Like what, what transformation would be available? What momentum would be available? What, what potential of like your greatest life ever could be available? Um, and then just bringing it back to all of this starts with you. Like, can you actually hold yourself as well? in your potential? Can you be willing to like energetically entrain yourself, if you will, remembering who you are and being willing to do the work, do the dismantling, do the gutting that brings you back to that place of inner knowing of who you are? Yeah. And I, I want to bring this back to where we kind of started with, you know, soft power, because we've, we've spoken about a couple of different sort of access points to soft power. And where we started was like really accessing the true self um, as opposed to the false self. And we've talked about like our false identities. We actually have a whole module inside of divinity called the false self. And it's a return to the true self, which is you just being seen in your essence, doing the things that come naturally to you. But in order to do that, you have to feel safe in order. Like it has to, you have to start accepting that you're worthy just being yourself and being loved for it or paid for it or whatever. And that's really the journey. Like the, we think so much of the time, especially in business or in relationships, there's someone to become, there's things to learn, there's things to like, you know, add to ourselves so that we can be enough. And the reality is we were always so much more than enough, but we don't let ourselves be seen in our essence because we've grown up in a world and in a programming that says you actually need to be more than who you are. You need to buy these things and look this way and weigh this much and achieve blah, blah, blah. And at that point, then you're enough. So that's where it's like this perpetual searching comes from. And we put on these masks as Zoe calls them or these false identities and we allow that to be enough, but it's temporary at best. And I think, especially in the age that we're in now, the the year 2023, these Kyle C says it, we love Kyle C. He's a YouTuber. He says, whoever you think, whatever you think you are is going to fall away. If you think you are your money, it's going to be taken. If you think you are your relationship, it's going to be taken. If you think you are these things outside of you and they're your source of identity, of enoughness, of worthiness, 
they're going to fall away because we're moving into a space where it has to be truth. It has to be authenticity and worthiness for our true authentic self, which is who we are plus nothing. Like when I say nothing, it's like, it's not our achievements. It's not our money. It's not any of those things. It's just who we are and allowing ourselves to receive for that reason alone. That's soft power, true power, ultimate power. (laughs) Yes. Oh, mic drop low. (laughs) I love this. And I, I hope that like you all got a feel for what that soft power is, or maybe you identified it and now have a label for it of where you're accessing something really special in your life. Because based on the years that we've all just been through, I think that more than a few of you out there listening have been like, Hey, I finally actually got to that place of soft power, whether it was in career, whether it was in finances or whether it was in relationship of like, I really understand what it means to just be in that state of flow and relaxed receptivity. And to me, it's a very, it's a very expansive and deeply connected energy. It's like expansive Mm -hmm. as in you feel connected to the entire world around you. You feel like so, so close to source, closer than ever before. Um, and you feel very grounded in that and you feel very connected. You feel like you can go internally in any given moment and receive guidance or receive those next steps or, um, just be able to operate through intuition. Mm -hmm. Yeah. It's, it's a dismantling of everything you think you are and it's happening for you, whether you agree with it or not, or want it or not. I think it can be a very magical process if you don't fight it, which I absolutely did. (laughs) I don't recommend fighting it Um, because it just makes it a lot harder than it needs to be. It's actually a very beautiful freeing journey, but it's going to look like things coming your way that otherwise would not have been things that you want to have to look at or pieces of yourself you don't want to have to integrate. Um, But that's where the power is. That's where all of our power is, is in our willingness to sit with what we would otherwise try and change. And, and when you change the way you look at things, the things you look at change. So we're not saying sit with the part of yourself that, you know, has never accepted your body. For example, we're not saying you have to accept your body exactly the way that it is, or that it never gets to change. But if you can sit with the emotions, you know, around that and no longer have them be something you need to escape. Now that whole area of your life gets to soften and the world, your physical reality will change as a result. That's always been my experience. It's like, it's not, I soften about things and then they change. Mm-hmm. <laughs> That's it. Yeah. Soft, uh, softness, <laughs> soft power. <laughs> yeah. Anyways. Thanks everyone for tuning in again. And uh, we're excited to just keep coming at you guys. We'd love to hear from you, by the way. Um, by the time this is out, we do have a new Instagram at the Low and Zo Show. So we'd love to have you over there. We restarted some things. We're also on TikTok and YouTube, but we'd love to hear if these episodes are resonating with you guys. And if you have any recommend or not requests rather, um, then please let us know. Love you guys. Thanks for tuning in. Bye guys so much for spending a piece of your day with us and tuning into the Lowenzo show. If you enjoyed this episode, please take the time to rate it and share on social media. Be sure to tag us. Until next time, stay abundant. Stay abundant.